Welcome to the ninth episode of Investor Mall 2019 Recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as always is the Canadian who some of the residents of Australia this week would describe as the prettiest seal ever, Logan Saunders. <laughs> Afternoon. Just maybe not on your pub crawl. Oh, this was just... This week in Melbourne, it's been full of ups and downs. Things work out beautifully, and then other things... Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I love doing the where, is the where in the World is Logan Saunders uh, thing every week, but your Melbourne stories have been wonderful on Facebook this week. Yeah, and it's like, ever since like I was landed in, what, Cebu? These stories have been coming up where Cebu, it was that they just had no Wi-Fi. And then I was walking through the floods trying to get to a cafe. And I think that was the week that Anthony had to fill in for me. And then I was in Sydney with the crazy lady knocking on the door at midnight while I was teaching. And then here in Melbourne, it's just all the four went on the worst pub crawl ever. And then I had a really great day after that. And then plans fell through with somebody else. Oh, it was just and. Of course, when I was in Sydney, it rained all five days that I was there, but it was beautiful weather before and after I left. I will say, though, the four days in Brisbane, flawless. <laughs> and the, the biggest punishment of all, you had to meet both Ben and Bindles. Ben, Bindles, and then today I met uh, Schwinn, or Todd. Todd's his real name. I don't know what you've done in a past life to be so punished to have to meet those guys. <laughs> They're fine. They were fine to hang out with. <laughs> Fine is a good word. Fine. <laughs> yeah, that does sound like a lot of indifference. I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> That's a lie, and you know it. So anyway, this episode. Previously, the final four lamented the loss of Jamie and Rick Paul before burning money and evading lackluster hunters. However, it was a traditional game of Joker Kaplunk that Neil's guaranteed his spot in the finals. And in the end, our favourite Shiban punching bag, Sinang Chan, or Kan, or however we're supposed to pronounce it, was the final person to fall at the execution, leaving just Sarah, Merrill, and Niels as winner, loser, and mole. I like the first mention of Sinan in this episode, or rather, during Sarah and Merrill's conversation, they really give him a great uh, eulogy in the bathroom the next day. Wait, Sarah and Merrill had a conversation? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I mentioned to you guys yesterday um, on our Facebook chat that We've had some fun comments about the podcast. We haven't had loads about the Vidim podcast, but we've had the ones we have have been really fun and quite sweet. But friend of the podcast, Marika, who does the subtitles, actually um, tweeted me a few days ago saying, I don't know if you've recorded your podcast yet, but I can't wait to hear your thoughts on the intro. Naked Women zits on Neils. It was so random. <laughs> so yeah, be prepared for two guys in their 20s to be about to discuss two women saying that they're naked around each other. Yes, and they were also talking about ball cream for Sinan. Yep. <laughs> it works for it works for Zitz and Sinan's testicles were their exact words. Could you imagine filming the advertisement for that commercial for Vidim? We have a new cream. <laughs> it works on Zitz and Sinan's testicles. And even better thing, imagine Sinan sitting at home going, guys, you don't have to talk about my ball sweat all of the time. I've literally just got eliminated. <laughs> or the other hand is him thinking, oh, I, I know what I forgot to put on today. Thanks for the reminder. I never thought an episode <laughs> on TV would remind me what I needed to use. I remember to take my vitamins, my, my heart pills, but I forgot my ball cream. He forgot his Talchan powder. 
<laughs> so yeah, for some reason, it's day 16 in Mata de Platano, and we open with Sarah and Meryl talking about wearing bathing suits and, you know, being naked around each other. And apparently Nikki suggested some cream for Sinan to put under his balls, but you can also use it for zits, at which point we cut to Neil saying that he has zits as he's shaving. If I was Neil's, I would make sure I had a different jar of the cream. I don't think you'd want to share that jar. I'll just sniff it beforehand. The first shot of Neil's we see is him opening the cream, <laughs> sniffing it, looking like Sarah does with the cocktail later, and then just putting it down and not mentioning it again. It would be a self-induced execution. And Meryl pats as if she's going to the mountains, and she says that her and Sarah walk around naked all the time as they're alone in their room now. And I said that it sounds like one of your monkey videos. You, you know what, why that is, is because they've earned so little money that they can't afford any clothes. They don't have no clothes! <laughs> Unexpected Amazing Grace impression. Yes. Very topical. Good old Mark and Bobber. Who? <laughs> And the team are driven to the Rio Don Diego for the penultimate assignment of the season. And they're sent on a boat down the river through the jungle. And Rick greets them as finalista. And all they have to do to earn 1,500 euros is build three towers, orange, blue and green, on three different beaches. If they build one tower, they get 250 euros. Two towers get them 750. And all three is 1,500 euros. And they have 30 minutes and a shuttle boat to take them between the beaches. Remember how we talked about last week how the only way they were going to crack 10,000 euros is if production design challenges where it was an in increments rather than a pass or fail challenge? It's almost like we predicted this. Yeah, it's almost like production tilted the table a bit so they would have some money in the pot. <laughs> I honestly wonder about the mole in this sort of situation because production obviously have a, um, a target of getting them to at least 10,000 euros. But obviously whoever the mole is, either Niels or Sarah, has been so successful at actually sabotaging that they've got nowhere near 10,000 euros and they've probably had to back the mole off a little bit in the past few episodes just to try and ensure that they win. I like how this is the first episode where they acknowledged that this was that they're the biggest fail of a group ever in terms of challenge performance. Well, not necessarily, because obviously I did the maths. It works out by the end of the season that excluding the Carlingo game, where they could have earned an obscene amount of money, about €77,000, they could have only earned about €41,000 in this season otherwise. Eh, so 25% of what was out there? Actually isn't as bad as it sounds. Yeah. The overall prize budget was a lot lower than normal this year. It usually, usually hovers about 55 60 But then you have to factor in the, the Carlingo game, which... Realistically, you could have earned about ten grand on. Right, but still, though, I have a feeling because of how popular Vidum was in the Netherlands this year that I think the pot's going to be a lot bigger next year. Oh, so do I. This week, still got forty-two percent market share because I did check out of interest. Wow, I can't think of any other TV show that commands that much attention. I think the Super Bowl got forty-one this year in America. So you're saying that Vidum? is more popular in the Netherlands than the Super Bowl is in the States. Yeah. I don't know why America is so obsessed with Super Bowls, but apparently they are. Yeah, maybe they can design a cream for uh, Cena. Now that's Super Bowls rather than Super Owls. That's completely different, Logan. Right. And they still do terrible on this challenge. Oh yeah, they still, they still have enough sabotages to make sure that they only earn one of the towers. 
And they barely got got this last tower, that tower put together, right? Yeah, it was Niels who was the driving force and actually getting them one tower. Otherwise, it would have been zero. Yep. Otherwise, it would have been zero, and they would have they would have ended up with less than ten thousand euros in that case. Yeah, they were like just. I mean, Sarah tried to guide two of them into drowning. Go deeper into the current. It's really strong, Sarah. No, go deeper. All the while, Niels just stays on the side of the uh, the river to keep his shoes dry while the girls get it, get the pieces. <laughs> yeah, these huge pieces with the huge pole, and Niels like, eh, wrong shoes. Knowing how you guys walk around naked around each other, I think we only have to upgrade this by making you guys walk around a pole. Do you reckon that um, that's their, their icebreaker to every conversation? It's it's like, hi, we're Marilyn and Sarah. We walk around naked. <laughs> this is the first time I've been dressed in three weeks. I'm assuming they got some sort of tip-off that there was going to be a water-themed challenge as well, given that we opened with Marilyn and Sarah talking about bathing suits. Yes, and what matches, apparently... I, n- I never expected this, but apparently Jamie's Jamie's weak suit, amongst many, is that he doesn't know about uh, uh, clothing coordination. Now apparently he just says that everything's fine and just tells us to get on with it. Whatever. I'm desperate. Anything works. You look like my pillow in that. <laughs> just with more eyebrows. And the boat that takes them between the beaches doesn't stop whatsoever. So Sarah has to jump in gracelessly. And that's a polite way of me saying it. Rather than floundering? Yeah. I like how they nearly took out the driver and each other while chucking the pieces into the boat. There were some close calls. (laughs) Could you imagine just one contestant being diagnosed with a concussion in the finale? I just genuinely do not know how they managed to do that challenge and get it past everyone because they were used as target practice. Yes, they were. Those pieces either landed at their feet or nearly missed their face by mere inches. Could you imagine if one piece hit the driver and it hit him so hard that he loses his balance and fall, falls into the water and then they have a boat without a driver? Just <laughs> like basically a comedy show, <laughs> yeah. especially if they, they edit it to have like over the top sound effects and stuff. <laughs> yeah like the what's the is it from like the carol burnett show or something with the one soundtrack usually when people are running through doors benny hill yes <laughs> they should play that just repeatedly as the driver falls into the water he just falls and it goes boing <laughs> oh yeah, they have to play the Boeing when they rewind it so it looks like he's bouncing back up from the water. And Meryl loses her hat to the river, and she looks irritated. She eventually gets that hat. I think it's the reason why they lose one of the towers, but still, she got her hat. And then Niels goes over to the Orange Beach, and he says, Join Venom, they said. It'll be fun, they said. <laughs> Take a break, take a sabbatical from your music career, they said. You'll earn more money than busking on the streets, they said. And we also learn the very important lyrics to Hi Ho from the Seven Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs in Dutch. Yes, I have never heard that version before. I just know if you make a French person sing the English version, they struggle quite a bit. I owe, I owe. It's after work we go. <laughs> that almost sounds like seeing and singing it. I'm going to make the Anglophones miserable by not properly pronouncing the H's in hi-ho. I'm going to say I-O. I-O. 
<laughs> this actually hit, hits upon one of my favourite things ever, which is watching Disney villain songs in different languages. <laughs> because some of them are... The lyrics are very odd. I'm mainly talking about Be Prepared here, let's be honest, because it's the best Disney villain song. But if you look at the translated lyrics of like the German version of Be Prepared or the French version of Be Prepared, they are taking some liberties to try and fit the, the actual flow of the song. Oh, so it doesn't even really make that much sense? Just because it has to fit the rhythm? In places, it does not make that much sense. It just fits the rhythm, yeah. Dare I say they require DJs to sync up to the rhythm of both versions? You dare. <laughs> I d- dare I? Dare I? <laughs> and Niels runs to the boat to collect the orange piece that Meryl threw in there, but gives up halfway through wading and just lets it go. <laughs> yeah, Meryl... Uh... Meryl was able to get her hat back, but not those orange pieces. And also someone starts sending pieces floating down the river as well, much to Niels' irritation. <laughs> yeah, go against the current. <laughs> It'll be fun, they said. It'll be f- <laughs> Go for a swim, they said. <laughs> we swear you won't drown, they said. We can hope. <laughs> and the green tower gets completed with less than five minutes to go. And the time does end with only the green tower completes. So they get 250 euros of a possible 1500. They're only missing six blocks, and the two orange blocks were actually the ones in the boat. Fail. But Sarah, Sarah couldn't carry any more of them. <laughs> no, and Niels actually uh, saw them and went, nah, I'm not getting them. That's 500 euros less. And then Meryl was going to grab them, but for some reason really got confused in her head and didn't and thought that's what she was supposed to do. Instead, she just picked up litter from the bottom of the river. No, she just grabbed a hat. Yeah, this puts the hat on the pole for the green for the orange tower. Does this complete it? It's got a pretty flag on it and everything. <laughs> that was a challenge, right? Oh no, now Niels has an exemption. And Sarah points out that this is the lowest pot ever, so we must have a good mole. And that's the sort of confessional where, when she's revealed as mole, you you cut back to it and see a, a longer version of it, and it's just kind of her looking at the camera grinning. But she's not the mole, so it's fine. I'm pretty sure she is. I beg to differ. And then Meryl critiques their bow jumping skills. Yeah, the Dutch, great on speed skates, not so great in the water. Who'd have thunk? And we get an unnecessary scene of them drinking coconuts. But weirdly, Niels is no longer clean-shaven. So therefore, it can't be from day 16. More messing with the timeline. More more nitpicking. Yeah. And they recap a bit of the previous challenges. Meryl's favourite was the abseiling. Sarah's was the flag challenge in Camino Tres. And Niels was the Russian roulette challenge. And we're also reminded of Niels' switcheroo that May didn't send Evelyn home. And weirdly, there's a lot of reminders of Niels' sabotages. There's a lot of flashbacks in general this episode, which I know it's the final round. But I feel like they didn't have too much footage to show, so we got a lot of highlights. Yeah, they didn't really show any of Sarah's sabotages or Meryl's sabotages. It was a lot of Niels's in this episode. And then suddenly at the end, Sarah and Meryl suspect each other. So for the final challenge, they enter a Colombian dance party on the beach. And each of them will have a turntable and they have to play a song simultaneously with someone else. And there are five chances to earn 300 euros per attempt for a total of 1,500 euros. And Sarah says that her brother has been a DJ since he was 11. And isn't Niels also a DJ? But that didn't get brought up. Yeah. I was wondering why, because Niels is like a big time DJ, I think. That's kind of his calling card. And yet, I think he only... Well, I guess he was in both... He was in both winning groups, right? Yeah, eventually. 
But Niels was also in four of the five of them. Right. But, I mean, the other person could just screw up so much that it uh, doesn't really matter if Niels is an expert. It takes a it takes two to make a thing go right. Yeah, but given that the mole was obviously sold to try and get them to, to 10,000 euros, the mole had to at least step back a little bit this episode just to try and help them along. Step back as in step back out of the water because they didn't want to get their shoes wet? Yeah. The comparison I like to make is Craig in one of the final challenges of US 5, where he was specifically told to try and help them win the 75 grand. Then they still don't earn that 75 grand anyway. Yeah. Because Mark wanted one point. As much as I kind of hate that season, I love a lot of the characters in that season. Like, Nicole is is a wonderful character. Then you have Paul, you had... Uh... Paul free, and then number two. Number two. <laughs> Oh, I haven't heard that song in a long time. Or that other song with Alex. It used to be my ringtone, Paul Free. I still have it somewhere. <laughs> Alex's drunk execution. <laughs> I think we need to revisit that season. I think it'll it'll be better on a rewatch. Or Victoria, or what was one Victoria's golden quote, where she's like, "I could, I can deal with anybody. I worked in retail." Or I can kill you in your sleep and make it look like an accident. And then you lose your job after that episode airs as an OBGYN. Who knew that would happen? Sabotage. <laughs> it's almost like Cena was planning the season. <laughs> I'm going to make them miserable by plotting their murder in my sleep. And then making it look like an accident, Liz. <laughs> and Niels and Sarah are up first and they play the Macarena and they fail. Very hard. Yeah, there's not much you can really say about this challenge other than finding out what everyone's guilty pleasures are. Sarah really likes Mariah Carey or whoever that was. It was Mariah Carey, Vision of Love, but um, she also doesn't like her cocktail. It was a very um, very Denise off of James Earl uh, reaction to the cocktail. <laughs> she kind of sniffed it, looked disgusted. I think we all know what the secret ingredient was. I'm going to make Sarah miserable. <laughs> make Sarah miserable by botching the cocktail. I'm going to slip dog collax into her cocktail. Sabotage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to slip Dokalax into my cocktail, too, so it looks like somebody else did it. I miss Cena. <laughs> and after the Macarena, we hear Neil sing along to 24 Karat Magic. Oh, we need to pull that audio of him doing karaoke to it. That was legendary. And then Niels and Meryl are up next, and they play La Bamba. Two seasons in a row. Belgian Mole, then Dutch Mole with La Bamba. I know, I was thinking that. And this is in the week where Belgian Mole actually started on Dutch uh, TV as well. Whew. I was tipped off to the fact that they're actually airing uh, Belgian Mole, Mexico. May or may not have to do with 42% of the population being into the mole. And Neil says that he enjoys the fact that they can have a cocktail with this assignment. You can have a cocktail with most assignments, you just won't pass them. Yeah, especially when you uh, try to smuggle things out of a museum. Imagine uh, how good some of the challenges this season would have been with a cocktail. For some reason, I feel like they would have done better. I mean, going up and down the stairs of Comino Trez with a cocktail. Rick Paul would have just tumbled. Driving the cars of Carlingo with a cocktail. Cena just crashes into the wall. <laughs> yeah, abseiling down the uh, the waterfall with a cocktail. 
You know what would have made uh, Robert falling into the wall even funnier? If he had to hold a cocktail. <laughs> I mean, it just adds so much to this season to just imagine some of the challenges with a cocktail. Or when they did the quiz on the rooftops with the spotlight and how most of them were like jumping up and, and pumping their fists into the air if they like lost their, their balance and fell off the side of the building. With a cocktail. With <laughs> a cocktail. <laughs> yeah, it's still in their hands when they fall. Drink perfectly intact upon impact. And then Marilyn Sarah played the third song, which is one of Logan's favourite songs from last year in Despacito. I can't remember whether you actually like Despacito or not. Eh. Mm, yeah. Have you seen Pocasito? No, I have not seen Pocasito. Someone's um, redone Despacito, but with Pokemon names. Oh, I can see that. So, Pasito, Pasito, that bit becomes Polito, Polito, Suave, Suave, C. Numalaxi, Raichu, Minchino, Minchino. Where's my needle, Reno? It's really good, and I will have to send it you. Yeah. And they also failed Despacito anyway. And I have a note at this point saying there is a load of Neils this episode. He's basically narrating the entire thing. Well, because all of the confessionals by Sir and Meryl, Meryl, they were just naked the whole time, so they couldn't show it on TV. And then Sarah's Guilty Pleasure, which is Vision of Love Plays, and we get a full lip sync from her, which isn't really that good for us to recreate on a podcast. Just imagine us mouthing the words to Vision of Love. Yes, imagine Envision CNN uh, mouthing the words to Vision of Love. I'm going to make them miserable by doing terrible karaoke. Now now imagine CNN doing a a lip sync to Hips Don't Lie, dressed as Shakira, with a cocktail. (laughs) Read the signs in my body. It could be worse. It could be uh, lip-syncing along to Waka Waka this time for Africa. <laughs> waka Waka, A-A, this time for Africa. Liz. <laughs> I do love that all of your impressions just end up going back to Mike Rado at some point. <laughs> I ain't guilty, it's just a musical transaction. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Why the CIA want to bust us? <laughs> this challenge is perfecto. And then Snoop Dogg just randomly appears at the Colombian dance party. Ain't no party like a Colombian <laughs> North Coast party. That's S Club 7. <laughs> no, no, it actually is a Snoop Dogg party. Ain't no party like a Colombian North Coast party because the North- Colombian North Coast party don't stop. And during Hips Don't Lie, Niels works out the trick to the challenge, so they actually play in sync for the first time and win 300 euros. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. They not initially stopped it too early, but then they figured it out. Yeah. They were really close to messing it up. <laughs> and then to reward him, Niels' guilty pleasure, which, as we know from during the season, is Nelly's Ride With Me. And um, we heard that in the bus dance party about five weeks ago. Ah, uh, damn. That's a pretty good clue. Yeah, I know. That's why I brought attention to it. Mm. It's the one song we heard from the um, the bus dance party. And we heard Neil sing along to to Ride With Me last time, and we heard him do it again. Uh. <laughs> and, and that's why they get it right, so must be the money. And the final song is Adios Lepido, the one song that I don't know. I don't know it either. And I'm, I, was, I feel like I'm pretty good with my music knowledge overall, especially Spanish music knowledge, and I had no idea about this song. I have like a playlist of like 500 Spanish songs. How do I not know this? Logan knows Despacito word for word, and not even the Justin Bieber song. <laughs> that's, that's actually almost true. <laughs> to be fair, so do I, but only because of Postman and Jukebox. Right. PMJ. I saw them last week. They were awesome again. 
but yeah, they did a version of uh, Despacito, and it's completely different. But all I do is sing along the uh, the PMJ version now. Mm. So yeah, they do the same system, they get it right again. They win 300 euros, and that takes their total for the challenge to 600 euros of possible 1500, 850 euros of possible 3000 for the episode, and a final pot of 10,150 euros of a possible 115,650 for the person who can answer the most important question of V the mole is. And 39 other questions, too. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get Meryl gushing about how awesome Columbia is, and then it's time for the final test and unmasking on day 17. But first we see more preparation. Niels, for some reason, has his phone and records a voice clip saying his name is Frank. Sarah studies in irons and Meryl picks flowers. And then Niels cleans his trainers. And we don't see Niels talk during the quiz, do we? No. We just know he suspects Meryl. And Sarah suspects Meryl and Meryl suspects Sarah. Yeah. Could it be that the reason why they earned so little money is because no one is going to answer the question of the is the mole. Which would be so funny for me when I'm at the um, at the finale on, on Saturday to be stood there being one of the Niels cheerleaders, let's be honest, and then when Niels is unmasked and everyone else in the building just goes, what? This is history in the making. Because no, no one suspects him, right? I think one or two people have said that they've put any questions on him. Clearly, it would be very split quizzes then, otherwise they would still be in. And if it is if it is Sarah, then I I won't necessarily be shocked, because she's been my firm second choice for half the season. I don't think it's Meryl. But you know who does think it's Meryl? Michelle Pierce-Denevin. Michelle has been on to Meryl since episode one, a flavouring Uno. Yeah, this is a really fun situation for us, because there's five of us on the podcast who watch Feast of All. Three of us have locked in suspicions. Logan has locked in Sarah. I've locked in Niels. Michelle has not locked in Meryl. One of us is going to be right. Just who? So, if no one... Does anyone win the prize money if no one correctly suspects them all? Yeah, because... unmasks them? If no one went for Niels, then it's whoever did best on the test. Yeah, right. So they would still be like say, 2 out of 40 versus 1 out of 40, and worst-case scenario, it goes to time. Yeah, it'd be a very low-scoring final test, but it'd be hilarious. It's like the mole game that I hosted uh, just when we used to do, like, family mole games, and on the final quiz, like, it just so happened that, like, the two least competitive people made it as the final three, while all the really competitive people all went out in a row up until final three. So with the my... The last two real contestants both knew who the mole was, but they didn't take any notes or really pay attention to the challenges. So the last quiz, I think I made like 30 questions and the highest score was 12 or 13 out of 30, even though they both knew who the mole was. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) I mean, it goes back to what we heard when we spoke to Gilles last year about Belgian mole, is that they always want you to find out who the mole is. Yeah, they actively want the mole to be unmasked, which they really did last year, because Peter was unmasked by the last four or five people. So Belgian mole, they really like to tip people off. I think each year they've always had at least, what, three? Usually by Final Four, everyone knows who the mole is, unless maybe like one exception. You can usually tell when they get to that point, because they stop telling you who everyone suspects. Right. That's why it's always interesting to watch who people suspect and write that down, because... When you get to the point where no one tells you anything, everyone suspects the same person. That's a that's a very good point, yeah. Then 
you can't really tell the audience who they're suspecting at that point unless you play a clip from like earlier in the season. Not unless you actually want one of the um, the screens at Cinerama in um, in Antwerp to be absolutely rammed. So it's now time for the test. Forty questions on the identity and actions of the mole. Whoever knows the most wins ten thousand one hundred and fifty euros. And Meryl suspects Sarah. She didn't believe her when she said that she couldn't get through the laser labyrinth, and her picking up her name tag in the laser labyrinth was suspicious. And interestingly, I noticed when we saw this clip that the letters DM were on the wall over her shoulder when she fell. As in, Demol. Hmm. Sarah suspects Meryl, as during the group exemption she went for the exemption but changed her mind afterwards. And Niels also suspects Meryl, because in the cage chicken game, she went too quickly even though she understood what the twist was. And then they all walk through the random horse farm to the tree where Rick is waiting for them. And that's pretty much it for this episode. Yeah, we get the reasons why everyone could be the mole, so Meryl earned money regularly but could have done much better. The group couldn't get a grip on her and Jamie as they didn't trust her. Was he in a bond with the mole? Did she have confirmation of her choice daily, or were her choices as mole made for her? Niels told others what to do and they complained if it didn't work. Never before has someone got so many yokers. Was he born lucky or born moley? And did his <laughs> exemption save him, or was he always safe as mole? And Sarah can prepare for any role as an actress, and went into every assignment with energy, but in what role? As a candidate or as a mole? Did she see the light at the end, or did she stick to her script as mole for weeks? Rick says that they stand before him as a winner, a loser, and a mole. But who plays what role? V. Is. The mole. Find out next week. And I will live. <laughs> I think we're due for for the mole to have a shutout. 19 years. Yeah, n- it's never happened before that no one has suspected the mole, I don't think. Like, I'm sure people would have, whoever the mole is, maybe suspect them at one point or another. But, like, not commit to it full ticket before the end of the season. And I'll say this now, I know Bindles is going to message me, so I'm fully aware of the fact that the record for the lowest number of tests suspected is about five, I think it's one of the Australian ones. If Niels is the mole, he's the least suspected mole ever, and Bindles suspects he is still, I think. And, yeah, I think I already know the answers to the next few questions, but who's your mole, who's your winner? I think we did this last week, and I am not budging, it's still uh, Sarah's the mole, Niels is the winner. Wait. Who is Neil suspecting? Neil suspects Meryl. Oh, damn. So Sarah's the mole and Meryl is the winner. <laughs> and I'm going to stick with Neil's being the mole and Sarah being the winner. But due to time? <laughs> yeah. They both get zero, but Sarah wins on time. She should have uh, She should have gone for the, the reward in the, um, in the Russian roulette game with your time on one test being a second. Right. Can you imagine if that was that would have won it for anyone? That would be hilarious. <laughs> you didn't know who the mole was, but you got one second on the final quiz to guarantee victory. And now time for Belgian Mole Corner, because the cast is out and, you know, it starts on Sunday. Quick turnaround. And the latest trailer looks amazing. It looks so good. I need more frequent access to Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> it looks so good. So, have you got anything else to say? Um, no, it's been a really good season. I really enjoyed podcasting about Dutch Mole for the first time. Hopefully no one knocks on my door while teaching tonight. And I guess next time we talk, we'll just be in a few days while I'm in Bali. Bollywood. Yeah, it's going to be quite a uh, a quick turnaround for us this time, because I suspect we'll be recording a little bit earlier than Wednesday next week. I hope we will. Just a little bit earlier? Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, the next time I speak to you, I will potentially still be in the Netherlands, but I will have at least been to the Mole Reunion. 
Not that I'm hammering the point home, but I'm going to the mall reunion. That's awesome. So a guy living in England is going to be podcasting about this while in the Netherlands, and the guy from Canada is going to be podcasting about this while in Indonesia. Wonderful Indonesia. Wonderful Indonesia, yes. Yes, pardon me. We're so international. We're so too international at times. (laughs) So yeah, see you next time, I suppose. Thank you for listening to this Vista Mall podcast. You can join us next week. See you next time. CNN next time. Thank you for listening to this Vistam World podcast. You can join us next week to find out the truth. And let's be honest, what shenanigans I get up to at the reunion. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our Twitter account, RTV Warriors, our own Twitter pages, MJ Armstrong for me, Log Super Quacky for Log. See you next week. Peace out and just chill till the next of flavoring. Yeah. And also, let's be honest, I'm probably going to be live tweeting the, the Vidim finale from the RTV Warriors account, so it might be worth following it on Twitter. Yes. Like and sus- subscribe. Of what I can actually understand, because, you know, I don't speak Dutch. (laughs) You listen to music, watch TV, and movies, right? Well, we know you do, because who doesn't? That's why we have awesome guests from hit shows every Friday, like Kate Siegel. Literally, I crawled through the desert of Los Angeles begging for work. Tom Goss. Can I make fun of that one more time? Because I just saw the most hilarious thing. And this is probably really inappropriate. Jake, Troy. Yeah, I I was very much like Miggy in high school and college, um, minus the baby. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I didn't have a baby that I know. Yeah, that I know. And so many more. Funny stories meet talented creators. All that and more on The The Martini Martini Lounge. Every Friday on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you can find podcasts. Don't miss out.